You are listening to a sermon series from Open Door Fellowship Church. How we doing? Good morning, Open Door. If you're new here, thanks for coming. If you're not new here, thanks for coming. Uh, I'm Caleb Lynch. I'm a part of the preaching team here at Open Door. And as always, honored to be with you. Um, humbled to get to be up here and get to share um, some thoughts. And uh, if, if, you, if, if you haven't been in a couple of weeks, we are in a, a new series right now. Uh, we're, this is our, kind of our third week into it. Um, and it's on Romans 12 through 16, or 12 and as far as we can get kind of idea. Um, how many of you were here the last couple of weeks? Or one of them, or both of them. We were, um, we have been super blessed. I don't know if you were here these last couple of weeks, but if you were, you were blessed as, as I was blessed by um, Bill and Stuart as they taught really core fundamental theology of, of what, what Romans um, has to teach. And we, we asked both of them to teach. Um, particularly because we're going into some chapters that are very practical chapters of what, what does it li- look like for us to live this life out as believers. And before we, we wanted to dive into that, we wanted to make sure we had such a strong foundation of, first of all, with what Stuart did, with what Romans 1 through 11 told us was true about us and the truth of the good news and the gospel of Christ and what has been done in us as believers for those who have put our trust in him. But also, um, Bill, thank you for, for last week. We, we got to really, yeah, we got to really experience um, some unbelievable truth as we transition now into some new thoughts. Um, from taking us from 1 through 11 and now transitioning us. And, and if you were here uh, last week, you got to hear some really important um, truth. Uh, one of the things, Bill, that stood out to me was um, that, that statement you said of trust the person of God before you trust um, the purposes of God. And I don't know if you said it both services. Both of your messages are probably entirely different each service. <laughs> But at least the service I was in, I, I heard that. Um, and this beautiful idea of this transition does not happen unless we are um, trusting that 1 through 11 is true. And so um, today they've asked me to teach on Romans 12.1, partially because the critique of Bill is that he just doesn't bring a whole lot. So I'm going to repeat some of the... I think it's just the, the word they use is like not a ton of depth. It's just more of a... I say it's just lack of experience is what I, what, I, what I say. The pressure I have to go through to teach the same passage that Bill taught the week before. Thank you. Uh, yes. Yeah, thank you. Um, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Romans 12.1 is where we're going to be today. Um, me personally, I, I've been wrestling with some thoughts uh, and, and I want I want to get us on the page of my thoughts. And I think some of these thoughts are similar thoughts that you have. I think some of these thoughts are um, consistent just to humanity in general. 
And um, I want to get us there before we step into um, where we're going with our passage today. My my first thought that I have, and it's a continual thought, definitely recent, um, is this this idea of, God, I, I want my life to count. I want my life to have significance. I want to be used. I want, at the end of my days, to be able to look back and say, man, that, that was a life worth living. That, 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 that meant something. That I was a part of something um, bigger than myself. And in those thoughts, and I, and I wonder if you have similar thoughts, um, I can tend to feel frustrated. I can tend to beat myself up because often I feel as though I'm not. I feel as though my life is small. I feel as though I'm, I'm not being used to my fullest capacity. I am not... Um, at times I could feel like I'm, I'm not changing the world. I'm not a part of something that is significant. So my first question, I guess, is, is, is do you go there with me? Is that, is that a thought that you can have too, or is it just me? Um, my next thought... Mm-hmm. My next thought with that, I, I pray these prayers to God. Often, I pray these prayers to God. And, and I wonder if, if you go there with me. Um, the prayers I pray sound something like, God, what do you have for me next? God, what are you going to do in me now? God, what, what, is, what is your next season? What is your next great adventure that you're going to take me on? And I pray these prayers. And, and some of the motive behind it is not bad. Some of it's a really healthy, great position with me and God to say that. But some of it is I'm, 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 I'm almost saying, God, what, what are you going to drop off into my lap next? What are you going to do for me? What are you going to provide for me? What, what, and I wonder if, if you go there with me on that. I wonder if you pray those prayers with me, for yourselves, for maybe this place. And again, not all of that is bad. And my third question, my third thought, again, coming from my thoughts and wondering with with you, when I enter into something new, whether it be a relationship when I come to a church for the first time, when I enter into a new job, when I, when I enter into a, whatever it is. I hate to admit it, but often my first question within my spirit is, um, what's in it for me? Like, how is this going to bring value t- to my current situation? How is this going to... Um, provide benefit for my family, for my finances, for my comfort, for my person, for my health? How is this going to bring fun? I often search after fun, right? I wonder if you ask those questions, if you think that way with me. Because I can do that often. And, And unfortunately, we live in probably the most consumer time in all of history. Some of it's not our fault. Everything is at our fingertips. Right now, if I wanted us all to have ice cream, 
before the end of the service, Amazon could make that happen. Right now. Right? Many of you are wanting that. Um, anyone else? <laughs> We're just... I don't have anything else. Yeah. Say what you want. Um, it's hard to admit that, right? Like, it's hard to admit because... it. It just says that I'm selfish, right? I mean, it just says that, that I want it to be about me. An interesting thing, I don't know if you guys use the Nextdoor app. You know what I'm talking about, where you kind of can get a pulse on your neighborhood. There was one that just came up in my neighborhood, which is really close to here, that said, tell us about a church that I should go to. I'm new in the, I'm new in the area, tell us. And I'm first on there, so I get a point for doing that or whatever. But I, I write Open Door Fellowship. And then I, people keep posting. It was really sweet, actually. Um, but it got me, I started reading reviews of churches. I'm weird. I'm, I'm not, there's no, no need to deny that. I started reading reviews about churches. You can just go online and read reviews. And it, was, it blew me away. For the negative reviews, almost all of them were this language of, when I showed up, they didn't have this for me. It didn't provide this for my kids. It wasn't enough of this. And all of those were this language of, me, right? Me. And I know I do that, like all the time. Like in most decisions I make, I make them based off of me. So I, I wonder if you're with me on that thought. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living, holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living, a holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Let me pray. God, this day I ask that you... I don't know what I ask. I ask that you would stir our hearts. I ask that you would remind us of truth. I ask that I ask that you would change the way often I view you and I view me. Would 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 these words resonate with us? not just today, but going forward. We trust you with us. We trust you with this place, and we trust you with your people. It is in your son's name. Amen. You guys with me? You ready to roll? Okay. Um, I want to make sure we're, we're all on the same page here because it can, it can get messy if we're not. Paul is speaking to the believers, you'll see he uses the word brethren, the believers, those who have already put their trust in Christ. And if we don't fully understand that he is referring, therefore, to Romans 1-11, through 11, which is all about what, we, what we've just gone through the last two weeks here, if, if, we're, if we're not fully in understanding that that is our launch pad, these next 30 words can get a little dicey. Okay? There can be a lot of behavior modification that is not coming out of new life. 
There can be a lot of legalism that is not coming out of new life, new creation. And so we just have to make sure we're there. Are you guys with me on that thought? Okay. Um, Paul starts and, and he uses this word urge. I urge you. I, uh, the, the King James Version says, I beseech you. I plea with you. I beg you. I push you. Is what he's saying. And, and, and it's interesting he follows it with brethren, which I think is key, which I've already said. He's, he's speaking to the believer. He's saying, Christians, I am begging you. I'm urging you. I'm pushing you forward into this thought. And, 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 and what I love is he uses the next thing is he says, by the mercies of God. How am I going to push you? How am I going to urge you? How am I going to motivate you? I'm going to use something here. I'm going to use the mercies of of God to be the, the, the driving force behind you. This is what I'm urging you with, is the mercies of God. What are the mercies of God? I, 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 uh, I thumbed through uh, Romans 1-11, through 11, and I found a bunch of them. And you could thumb through it and find 20 more, or 50 more. But I want, I want to read these. I urge you by the mercies of God. Well, what are the mercies of God? Well, I found these. Divine love. I found grace in there. I found that one of the mercies of God is His Holy Spirit that indwells me who has put my trust in Him. I found one of His mercies to be peace with God. I found faith. I found comfort. I found power. Isn't that crazy? One of the mercies of God is power. It's pretty cool. I found hope. Boy, do we need hope. I found patience. Pretty cool. Mercy of God. I found forbearance. I found kindness. I found that we get to share in His glory. Is that unreal? Did, if you were here two weeks ago, Stuart made this statement, and I, I've never thought this before, and it blew my mind. Like, literally, like my mind took off. From, I, he said this. He said, in that glorification that will happen, if you would see me, if I, if I saw you glorified, my only response would be to worship you. And I looked around the room and I thought, that's, that's a long way to go for some of these. <laughs> um, but I was blown away. I was blown away with that reality. So anyways, one of his mercies is that we get to share in his glory and share in his honor. We didn't do anything to deserve that, but we, we get to share in his honor. We get righteousness, we get no condemnation, we get forgiveness, we get endurance, we get reconciliation, we get justification, we get security, we get eternal life, we get freedom from the power and the penalty of sin. Like, the power and the penalty, both of them. We get adoption, we're his kids. We get resurrection, we get ongoing intercession, that's a big deal. We get new life. We get continual love. We get friendship. Listen to this one. We are heirs of the inheritance of God. That might be a good one. Did I mention freedom? Sovereign protection, vindication, knowledge, wisdom. Stay with me here. Unconditional, unending, unbridled, unrelenting, uncontrollable, Love. 
Christians, believers, I urge you, I plea with you, I beseech you, I motivate you because of, in light of, by, through those, those mercies. That's where he's starting us. What does, he want him, what does he want those mercies to motivate us into? What does he want those to push us into? And here, here he goes. Stay with me. To present, and I want to pause here just on this word present, you're going to see language right now um, that when broken down and, and really looked at, it's, it's very priestly language. Paul is talking to us almost as though we are priests, which by the way we are. Let me, let me get you there. Stay with me. 1 Peter, uh, 2 Peter uh, 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellence of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but you are now the people of God. You have not received mercy, but now, what have you received? You've received His mercies. And you are a royal priesthood. And so when Paul's talking to us, he starts to use language, priestly language. And one of the first words he's going to use here is this word present. This is not present like putting on a slideshow presentation. This is present like offering. This is present like laying at the feet of. This is present like coming under. What does he want us to present? Christians, by the mercies of God, my priests, present your bodies. Your bodies. Like right here. My body. When you, when you, um, when you uh, read it in the Greek or in the Hebrew, it translates to your body. Your body. Like your living, everyday body. Eugene Peterson in the message writes it, your walking around everyday body. You. You know what your body is? It's your actions. It's the way you live. It's the way you conduct. It's the way things happen from you as a physical human being. Lay your bodies at the feet of this king. I urge you, priests, by all the mercies that have been given to you by God, to present, to give your bodies. I want to stop there for a second. He's not talking here. I don't want to get us sideways here. He's not talking about ought. He's not talking about ought. He's not saying, well, after all He's done for you, you ought to present, to offer your bodies. He's not taking us there. I would even say, He's not even putting us in a position of gratitude. Certainly there's gratitude the phrase that gives me a little bit of the willies is gratitude attitude. 
you have it hanging up in your home or something, I don't want to offend. Uh, it just weirds me out. Like, hey, have a gratitude attitude. Um, I got things that weird me out, okay? Um, the, the, uh, the phrase, it is what it is, weirds me out. I don't like it. The, the phrase, play date, I don't like it. Okay, let's not have a play date. Don't, and then don't ask if your dog can have a play date with my dog. That's not, that's not uh, the, the phrase YOLO. You see that hashtag YOLO? Some of you, many of you are not nodding your head, which that's helpful uh, to know. YOLO, you only live once. That's kind of the phrase. And then they're, you know. Um, you're, down, you're here and I'm up here. So I got a couple more that I'm going to share with you. <laughs> this, is, this is where my head goes. So you just have to deal with it. Um, there, there's a bridge. There's a literal bridge in England, I think it's in England, and over 600 dogs have taken their own life by jumping off this bridge. Dogs show up to this bridge and they go, well, hey, see ya, and they jump. The crazier, weirder part, these, these things I, I carry with me, just, just so you know. Um, the crazier part is that there are dogs that jump and don't die, some of them, and they come back up and they jump again until they die, off this bridge, 600 or so. That weirds you out, right? That and gratitude attitude are on the same level. <laughs> One more for you, just because we're here and you, you don't have a choice, and I like these things because they keep me up at night. There is, in the Philippines, there's an island. You know an island, right? There's an island. And within the island, there's a lake. Kind of cool. Within that lake, there's another island. <laughs> and within that island, there's a lake. Stay with me. Within that lake, there's another island. And that island has a lake. Gratitude, attitude, and... I have no idea where I am. I don't use notes. And normally, like the, the really fancy churches, I would have teleprompters, and I would have... You guys don't get that, so here I am. Um, I don't think that Paul is taking us to a place of you ought to. If only you could consider all the wonderful things he did for you, you ought to. I, I, I don't think he's taken us there. I, I want to stop and say that before we kept moving. Therefore, my priests, I urge you by the mercies of God to present your bodies, and then here we go, as a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. Let's touch on this word sacrifice a little bit here. Um, we believe and we teach that there are these two covenants, these two promises. Um, the kind of the dividing line where one starts and one ends is Jesus' death and resurrection, and, and maybe you could include um, the Holy Spirit showing up in Acts right there as kind of that dividing line of the new covenant and the old covenant. Uh, a big piece to both of them is a thing called sacrifice. In the old covenant... We made sacrifices uh, and we used the blood of animals to uh, do what was called atoning for our sins. It literally was like a blanket to cover the sins. It was, it was a covering over sin. Those who practiced such sacrifice knew a couple of things. The majority of them knew, one, it didn't actually deal with their sin. It just was a covering. It was a representation of a covering. They knew that it didn't carry the weight to actually deal with sin. They knew that. The second thing they knew is that it was a foreshadowing of something coming. 
they would talk about a Yahweh, a Savior. They would talk about someone that was to come that would take care of the sin. That would be the ultimate covering. And one day you've got John the Baptist out in the wild and he's doing crazy stuff and he's baptizing people and he sees Jesus and he says, there he is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the new covenant, the new promise, is built on the reality that a man did sacrifice. He was the Lamb of God. He was God's own Son. He was the only perfect sacrifice. And in that sacrifice, made all other sacrifices obsolete, no good, no more. Hebrews 9, 11, and 13. You see, Paul writes it again, in, I believe in Ephesians. He says it this way. Ephesians uh, 2, 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, but God being rich in what? Mercy. Because of His great, with, great love which, which He loved us, even when we were dead... In our transgressions, He made us alive, alive, together with Christ Jesus. And He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come, we might be shown the surpassing riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. The only sacrifice that means anything today after the the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. The only sacrifice that is functional today would have to be a living one. Because you have been made alive through Christ. Let's keep going. He then uses these words, holy and acceptable. My priests, I urge you by the mercies of God, by the graces of God given to you, that you would present, lay your bodies before Him, that you would offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Many, many would struggle with those two words in here. Because many know themselves and many carry with them the shame and the guilt and the brokenness that they are full aware of. And when you say, present your body as a living sacrifice and make sure it's holy and acceptable, <laughs> most would go, well, I'm not sure if I know how to do that. I'm not sure if that makes sense in my mind because I, I don't, feel holy. I don't feel acceptable. I don't feel as though I am bringing that. What makes it holy? You want to know what makes it holy? What makes it holy is Romans 11 through 1, which has called you holy. And that He is holy. And that by you surrendering and laying yourself before the God of the universe and saying, 
I am a sacrifice, a living sacrifice in my body, and I am setting myself apart, that's the word holy, set apart for your purposes, my God, that makes it holy. Because he is holy, his purposes are holy, you are holy, and when you choose to surrender all for his holiness, it makes it holy. So why acceptable then? Why the word acceptable? Right? Isn't, isn't everything that is holy then acceptable? Like why use both words? And here, here's, all I, here's all I can get to. I think what makes it acceptable is that it's an act of obedience. And here's, here's my thought on this. If I am doing this out of ought, or guilt, or should, that's not what he's wanting. And that's probably not acceptable. But if I am saying, God, I trust you with me, and I trust this truth from here with me, and I trust that Romans 11 through one is true, and I am submitting based off of my trust in you, my God, that's called obedience. And I think that makes it acceptable. Let's keep going. My priests, I urge you, by the goodness of God, to present your bodies as a living breathing sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. I'm going to be honest with you. Another phrase that I don't like, and I just did it. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I hadn't been being honest with you prior to, but I'm going to be honest with you now. <laughs> the islands and the little island, and the, the, those go right there together. They weird me out. Um, You, you, when you prepare a message, you do a lot of study. Most, most do. And you end up trying to read into what are the words saying? And what do they mean? And how does it make any difference for how I, how I view this scripture? Um, I really struggled. I struggled with these words. And I'll explain where, where I'm getting to here. Which is your spiritual service of worship. Uh, these words translate to, to the word duty, responsibility. And I, I struggle with it. I struggle with it because, um, partially because I grew up under their teaching. I struggle with it because I don't like the connotation that is carried with those thoughts and those words of this is my duty? Like this is my responsibility now? Like don't tell me what to do, right? <laughs> I can't do that thing with my head where they get it going silent. <laughs> I, I, I really struggled with this. Do you hear what I'm saying on that? Are you, are you, are you with me in those thoughts? 
So I have to take a step back. And I have to say, and I have to think, I have to say, do I call him Lord? Do I believe he is Lord? Do I believe that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord? Do I believe that? Do I believe, as it says in Ephesians, that he is all in all? Do I believe that? Do I believe that he is the Alpha and the Omega? Do I believe that he is Emmanuel, God with me? Do I believe that through the shed blood of his son, that I actually got to be a partaker in his inheritance, his glory, his honor? Do I believe those things are true? And I do. I do. And so, lay on the duty. Right? There's, there's nothing I would want more in my life then to say, God, I want to be about what you have. Call it a duty. Call it a responsibility. I don't care what you call it. I'm all in. You see, this inheritance that I, that I referred to, I think this inheritance is this. I think that we get to be partakers in Romans 6, it says, instruments of righteousness. I think we get to be partakers of a mission called love that is far supreme above anything else that's ever come into existence. And I think that for those of us that get to surrender and sacrifice our literal bodies to the will and purposes of God, we are the ones that get to change the world. We are the ones that get to flood the gates of heaven with the broken and the needy and the captives. Like there are people in this room that are captives to their junk. And we, as God's people, as our responsibility, get to change the world through love. I want that duty. I want that responsibility. And you want to know what's unbelievable about it? When I submit to that reality, here's what it becomes. Worship. It becomes worship. It becomes me saying, God, all honor to you. All praise to you. All for your glory. It's called worship. Like, at the greatest form of worship is me saying, I'm on your team. Tell me what to do next. I'm all in. I wonder if the question is better asked from the start, from the start of what, where we were going when I said, do you, do, you ever, do you ever get to a place where you're going, God, what do you have next for me? What are you going to do next? Maybe wonder if in this season, for this community, I wonder if the question is more along the lines of, God, what, what can I do for you? God, what, how, how can I be used for your kingdom? God, what, what do you want me to do? 
What do you want me to do for you? For your purposes, for your will, for your people, for your mission, for my good. What do you want from me? What if that became Open Door's anthem in this new season? What if, what if we were uh, not a church that showed up on any given Sunday morning and said, feed me? But what if we were a people, what if we were a church that said, here's me, God. Here's me. Like all of me. Not just cerebral, not just my heart, not just my spirit, not just my soul, not just my longings and desires, but like me, like physically me, my body, my actions, my day in and day out. What if we were a church that said, that's what we're going to be about? We could, we could change some people's lives, you guys. Like, really change some people's lives. Like, really release people and free people. This is a great season to do it because we don't got a lot to give you <laughs> as much. Let me pause here because if you're like me, your tendency is how. You want to ask the how question. You want to say, give me an answer to this living sacrifice. What does it look like? Give me the how. My answer to the how is come back for the next six months. That's where Paul's taking us, is the how. So, so why? Why would I do this? Yes, his mercies. He chose sacrifice. Jesus chose surrender. Jesus came and said, I don't do my own will, I do the will of the Father. In the garden, as he's dying, he's going, God, take this away from me, but if you don't, I, your will be done. God, if, if, if you chose surrender, if you chose sacrifice for me, well, then so will I. So will I. God, if you chose to lay it all out, if you chose to give up all for me, well, then so will I for you. We love because he first loved us. Let me pray. God, we need you. The word is sacrifice in it, and it means it's hard. It means it's difficult. It means I'm giving up something. And God, I don't want to give up me. Will you teach me, God? Will you teach us what that would look like? This feels scary. But we believe that your life that you have for us is the best life. And we know that you are Lord. And we know that the work has already been done. What am I waiting for you to do in me? You've already done it. God, release us. Free us. Teach us what this looks like. We surrender to you. We come under you. Use our bodies and everything that comes with it to bless you, to change lives, and to be about your purposes. We want that. It's in your son's name, amen. Um, in this series, as often as it fits, um, we want to try to do uh, a thing where we don't just leave it. We don't just leave the thoughts that are being shared and, and then move on to our day. We want to pause. We want to reflect. 
we want to react to what we're hearing. And so Mike uh, created these questions um, in light of what we were teaching on, and we've put a pencil on your chair, and within the bulletin there is um, a space to write. And um, we want to take some time, whether it's five minutes or eight minutes or 22 minutes, but just take some time to reflect on these. And you might not answer both of them. You might only answer one. Uh, you might have other questions that you want to respond to that are in your, in your spirit. But we want you to stay here with, where, with what we just opened up in God's Word and, and process it. So take some time. Uh, Mike and the worship team will lead us into some worship. Um, you guys, let's, let's worship like silly people today. Um, thank you. <laughs> 